This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And we are back today with another episode where we are going to be discussing something related to Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, two, Merry Christmas. Two days away. Two yeah, days away. Two days away from when Christmas. this comes out. And I hope you've done your shopping. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I still have some more to do, but thankfully, oh, when we're recording this, it's not oh, two yeah, days yeah, before that's Christmas, true. Yeah, though, yeah. so I've got a little time. But anyway, for those of you who don't know, I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashwa. Hello. Yeah, we are super excited to get into the topic with you guys for today. Yeah, this will be good. We're, mm-hmm. gonna, we're, we're entitling it. Do you want to reveal the yeah, title? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be Joseph Did You Know, which I'm sure you probably know that. That's my before. favorite Christmas song. Yeah, Joseph. Joseph did, did you know? know? Isn't that how it goes? Mark Lowry? Right, exactly. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. We should come out with our own version, you know? We should. It'd be yeah. great. Like, maybe in our last episode. What if we'll we do. did Joseph Did You Know, but it was about uh, the Joseph from Genesis, that your brothers would throw you <laughs> into an endless pit? <laughs> Something Joseph, like that, you know? you know that your yeah. brothers would sell you into slavery? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you know? Be, it could be catchy. I don't oh, know. That's yeah. great. If okay. you'd like us to produce that song, let us know on Instagram or in Facebook, and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, because that's of course, hilarious. Of but no promises. Anyway, yep. Before we get to the topic of Joseph, did you know we have a coffee tip for you? And this one is really, especially this time of year, it's really significant. So, um, coffee costs a ton of money. I just saw a recent uh, study that said the average American will spend eleven hundred dollars on coffee this year. So that's on average, right? So some people spend way more, some people spend way less. But that's a lot of money. Um, So I'm always looking how I can save money, especially when I go out to coffee shops. So we all know it's cheaper to make it at home. But sometimes you're out and you want to get, you know, the festive cups from your favorite uh, coffee shop. But you don't want to spend, I mean, it's easy to spend seven, eight bucks on a latte these days, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. That adds up really quickly. So here is a money-saving tip to where you can get pretty much the exact same drink you could in a latte, but you can save some money on it. And I do this around the holiday season all the time. So uh, peppermint mochas at Starbucks yeah, are great, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like that's such a good drink. You got chocolate, you got peppermint. Uh, I used to love the gingerbread uh, lattes. Do you remember? Have you ever had one I, of those? Actually, I, I haven't had it, but I've heard well, of that, yeah. Well, spoiler alert, Starbucks isn't doing it this year. Well, I realized that because I didn't see it on yeah, the Yeah, dude, I, w- I went in there the other day, and this guy I was with was ordering one, and they said, oh, we're not doing gingerbread or eggnog wow. flavoring this okay. year. Which well, I thought, the eggnog one, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah they're not I'm, doing either of those. That's crazy. So wow. that was a little Scrooge of Starbucks, but <laughs> yeah, <right>. whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, but here, here's the tip. When you go in and you want to get your favorite holiday beverage, don't pay the latte price. Mm. Just get a, a large cup of black coffee and then pay the extra 30 cents for the flavoring. So, so for instance, if I want a peppermint latte, what I'll do is I'll go in and I'll say, hey, can I get a grande uh, black coffee? But here's the trick. But I want it in a venti cup. But I only yeah, want okay. grande amount of coffee, and I only want to pay for a grande coffee. Yeah, right. They'll do course. this for you every time. So you get the grande amount of coffee, so you have a lot of space left in the venti cup because you yeah, only got right. a grande, right? Uh-huh. You pay the thirty cents, and you get two pumps of peppermint, two pumps of mocha. Okay, so now you've got a cup of coffee that's three dollars, and you've got uh, thirty cents. Then you take that and you go over to the stand and you dump in a whole bunch of half and half. 
And what do you know? It's a latte. Yeah, <laughs> right? wow. And it's free. <laughs> so sometimes we pay for them to steam milk. Listen, just go get the, you know, lukewarm or semi-cold half and half that's sitting on the counter and use that. So instead of paying seven or eight bucks for a peppermint latte, you can pay $3.30 for the same exact drink. So I do that all the time to yeah, save money. Yeah. And seriously. And you get more coffee for it, too. You yeah. get more coffee. You get more caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's the exact equivalent. And so maybe That's even fantastic. if you ask after yeah. you do that, you you could go back and say, hey, can you put can you put a little whipped cream on top of here? <laughs> right, you know, if you yeah. really like that kind of stuff. Um, but that's the tip for today. Do not overspend on these crazy holiday drinks. Just get the syrups, pay the 30 cents in a black coffee, put your own milk in and you've got it. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's cool. That cup trick's nice too. Yeah, yeah. That's really you get nice. that extra space. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. That's the coffee so, tip for listeners, today. Listeners, did you know? Listeners, <laughs> did you know? That's great. Maybe yeah. that'll be the new Starbucks, uh, you know, soundtrack. Yeah, right. Here. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so on for the topic today, um, we are going to again be discussing uh, Joseph. Did you know? And mm-hmm. what we meant mean by that. Is it's revolving around Jesus's birth, okay? Uh, we want to highlight Jesus's earthly father, Joseph, in this episode. We're going to talk about the things that he went through, mm-hmm. uh, the things that he had to process, uh, finding out that his wife was like pregnant and <laughs> that it was uh, supposedly the coming of the Messiah, like yeah. a really big deal. Uh, but I, I think a lot of times we focus on Mary and what she's going through, and that's yep. the big focus of the Christmas story. Uh, but we should think about what it was like for Joseph. And that's going to yeah. be the focus of this episode. Is we're going to think through what was Joseph going through? What was this, What did the situation look like? And why should we remember it that way? So. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Joseph deserves highlighting too. Yeah, right? he does. Yep. So let's get into it. All right. So now after all that talk about Joseph, uh, I'm going to start off with the Mary side of the story. But, right. Yeah. But we're this getting to Joseph. So here we go. I want to read Luke 1, 26 through 38. So... Um, you should read Luke, uh, the first few chapters, uh, and you should read Matthew, the first few chapters, just this Christmas season to hear about the nativity stories of, of Jesus. Um, but what's happening in Luke is, um, Mary's cousin, uh, Elizabeth has already been told about having a kid, you know, and her husband was in serving in the temple and then he couldn't talk and all of that's just happened. And now we come to Mary's encounter with the angel. So here's what Luke 1, 26 through 38 says. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end." Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. 
And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Wow, yeah. So so there it is, right? That's the story of what happened to Mary. Yep. Uh, but I want to touch on some of the significant pieces of that. So uh, I actually, I wanted to touch on this. So if you caught what uh, Mary had said and responded to the angel in verse 34, she said, how can this be since I'm a virgin? When he told her like, hey, you're having this baby. And like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, wait. So the, the reason that that's significant is because uh, for the story piece and the narrative that's going on here, well, that provides so much context to understand that Mary, like she understands the process. She knows like, hey, in order to have yes. a baby, you have to not be a virgin. Right? Yeah, you she understands where baby comes from. Yes, yeah, exactly. She, she gets it. So uh, so that's the thing. And, and like, uh, yeah, that sounds kind of like like a silly thing. Like, of course, Tyler, like, yeah, like she, everybody knows that. Yep. Well, the reason that's significant is because we have to focus on these details because it, it just, the flow of the story fits that Mary, she understood like, wait, how can this be? I am a virgin. Yep. So continuing on with that, another point I wanted to touch on, and this is just right after that. Um, in verse 36, she, uh, they said, and behold, even your relative Elizabeth is also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. And then in verse 37, the angel says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I also touched on 36 and 37 here is because what's fascinating is that quote, that, that, that passage, nothing is impossible with God is a direct quote from Genesis 18, 14 in the passage where the angel of the Lord is telling Abraham that he will have a son through Sarah, but Sarah laughs and doesn't believe it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the angel of the Lord says, is anything impossible for the Lord? I will return to you when the season comes around again and Sarah will have a son, right? So, and then, you know, the story, right? Uh, the same God though, who gave Sarah a child when she was in her nineties. Yeah. She was old. She was very yeah. old. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the same God who will conceive a child in you. That's what the angel was saying to Mary, yep. uh, although you were a virgin. And so that's the fascinating thing here. Right. And that's why I also touched on, um, verse 30, uh, 36 as well as 37, in Luke is because he's talking to her about this. It lets clearly what he's doing there. He's Mm -hmm. trying to quote and say, look, just in the same way that God gave Sarah a baby when she was barren, he also gave Elizabeth a baby. Yeah. Here's a little bit of proof. Yeah. Old cousin Uh is going to have a baby and you are going to have a baby as a virgin. So, uh, so he's giving her evidence and proof and like reassuring her, like, look, nothing is impossible with God. He does this. Yep. God, you should trust us. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, that's a fascinating thing, though. But um, there's still one issue left with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. In verse 27, it says, To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Yeah. So we, we've got an issue here. Now, it's it's important to remember. We, we're so familiar with this story. But seriously, put mm-hmm. yourself into the shoes of these people. There's this girl. She's young. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't know for sure what Mary's age was, but when, when Jewish girls got engaged, they could get engaged as early as 12, mm. but they had to have gone through puberty before they were allowed to get married. 
So you could get engaged prior to puberty, actually. Yeah. But then you'd have to wait until that time. Then when when you, I mean, think about it. Like you had to wait until you were ready for sexual activity in order to get married when you would engage in sexual activity. Yeah, which was that whole betrothed system that was happening. And so Mary could be, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. And she is engaged. She's betrothed to this dude named Joseph. So Mary now learns that she's going to be pregnant and it's not a shameful thing because she hasn't slept with anybody, right? Right, of course. But she's engaged already. So this is this is a problem. This is like yes. soap opera material, right? This mm-hmm. is a this is tension. This is a, a a problem in the story. And so Joseph and Mary are engaged. Now, like I said, <clears throat> this could take place when somebody's about 12, 13, 14 years old in first century Judaism. And it was regarded as equally binding legally. As marriage was. Yeah. And so um, they uh, typically, when you were engaged, you wouldn't be engaging in sexual activity. Right. They would wait until the marriage festival, the marriage feast and everything, and then they'd consummate their marriage Mm -hmm. then. But legally, once you were engaged, it it was uh, as binding as marriage. So you would have to get a divorce to get on. We just say, well, we were engaged, but we broke the engagement. They couldn't break the engagement. It would be called divorce. Yeah, because right. engagement was well, that legally. They, they essentially were married, is what happened. It's just that they weren't they weren't yeah. together yet in that. sense. It was like the yeah. first step. Yeah, they weren't having sex. They weren't living together. Right. They uh, hadn't had the wedding ceremony yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is typical first century betrothal engagement yeah. and uh, and marriage. So so what we have in the story is this young woman who's already engaged legally bound to another man Mm -hmm. and now she's pregnant but the baby isn't her engaged uh fiancés right it's not her future husbands and so this would in my mind right if i'm trying to live for the lord and do what he says and fornication is a sin which is sex before marriage is a sin um i now find out that this girl who I thought was legit and I thought was mm-hmm. great and I thought loved Jesus or, or loved God right back then. Well, right. Loved yeah, God. Yeah. She has <laughs> stepped out on me, right? She's she's pregnant and I know it's not mine. Man, that really skews yeah. my view of her and it really makes me go, man, do I want to marry someone like this? Yeah, of course. So uh, now, that's just what, yeah. that's what's going to be in your head. Of, of course. course yeah. it's what's, she's cheated on me, mm-hmm. right? So now, uh, how did Joseph respond to this? So let's let's check out mm-hmm. Joseph's side of the story. And in order to do that, we got to look at Matthew because it's really cool if you read the two nativity stories of Jesus. Matthew is kind of the Joseph side of the story, and actually he gives yeah, Joseph's right. genealogy. And mm-hmm. Luke is the Mary side of the story, and Luke actually gives Mary's genealogy, which is really interesting. Yeah. And so let's let's check out Matthew Tyler, and let's let's see what Joseph was thinking during this whole scenario. Yeah, and these are just uh, two verses I'm going to read here. This is Matthew 1, 18 and nineteen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows: when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Okay. So, so what, what does that mean? Right. That's the question. Uh, well, the thing is when he, it says divorce her quietly, it's because again, Joseph was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her. Well, the context behind that is the 
Jewish law, the Old Testament law, is that when someone cheated on you or mm-hmm. like had fornication, adultery, whatever that may be, uh, they had very specific rules about the situation where they would, uh, you be, you're kind of, it was kind of like culturally accepted back then that you just would divorce. Yeah. It not like you're allowed to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like you said, yeah. Not that you were allowed to. It was like, you should, you, like you that's should. something you ought to do to fulfill your, uh, biblical duty in a sense. Yeah. And yeah. especially if you're a righteous man. And so, and that's, what's interesting about this passage is it says being a righteous man, he didn't want to disgrace her, but he wanted to divorce her quietly. Yeah. He wanted to send her away secretly. So, mm-hmm. um, Again, our culture is so far gone from biblical morals. Oh, of course, yeah. But first century Judaism wasn't. <laughs> right, yeah. And they understood what sex was intended for. They understand the purpose of it and that it was for the marriage bed. And it wasn't just for fun. It wasn't to be crazy in college. It wasn't to uh, seek pleasure wherever you could. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't live like that. <clears throat> and so somebody did. If, if somebody went out and was sleeping around, it was extremely shameful in that culture. Mm. And so <clears throat> we don't comprehend that because we're right. very immoral as a culture. But then this would be something where it's like, you really want to be associated with somebody who does such horrible things. Yeah. Not only associated with, but <laughs> married to. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Which is, I mean, and again, which is why the book of Hosea, <laughs> which was written, you know, about 400 years before this was such a shocking book. Because God yeah. tells Hosea to go marry a prostitute. Like, yeah. you wouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that kind of a thing. It's so shameful. Exactly. So so not only is he going through, like, this process, right, of, like, I have to uphold the law. I'm a righteous yep. man. Uh, but on top of that, he also knows in his mind that a part of the law is, and often case, cases um, of this happening is uh, the woman would be stoned. She'd yeah. Be, she'd be killed. Well, let's, so, let's check that out yeah, in Deuteronomy because yeah, we want to read to you. Again, they were living under. Jewish law at the time. Yes, yes. So let's look let's at this law. Because I doubt many of you have read Deuteronomy 22 in a long time. Oh, right, yeah. So let's refresh right. your memory this yeah, Christmas being season. Being honest, it's been a bit for me. So there we go. All right. <laughs> so here's an interesting law that would apply to the Mary and Joseph situation. Deuteronomy 22, and I'm going to read verses 13 through 21. It says, If any man takes a wife and goes into her, which means have sex, mm-hmm. And then turns against her and charges her with shameful deeds and publicly defames her and says, I took this woman, but when I came near her, I did not find her a virgin. Then the girl's father and her mother shall take and bring out the evidence of the girl's virginity to the elders of the city at the gate. The girl's father shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter to this man for a wife, but he turned against her. And behold, he has charged her with shameful deeds, saying, I did not find your daughter a virgin, but this is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the garment before the elders of the city. So the elders of that city shall take the man and chastise him, and they shall fine him a hundred shekels of silver and give it to the girl's father, because he publicly defamed a virgin of Israel. And she shall remain his wife. He cannot divorce her all of his days. But if this charge is true, that the girl was not found a virgin, then they shall bring out the girl to the doorway of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her to death, because she has committed an act of folly in Israel by playing the harlot in her father's house. Thus you shall purge the evil from among you. 
If a man is found lying with a woman, uh, with a married woman, then both of them shall die, the man who lay with the woman and the woman. Thus you shall purge the evil from Israel. If there is a girl who is a virgin engaged to a man, and another man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city, and you shall stone them to death. The girl, because she did not cry out in the city, and the man, because he has violated his neighbor's wife. Thus you shall purge the evil from among you. Wow. So, yeah. so think about what the law is saying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if um, there is a girl who's engaged to another guy, mm-hmm. and she sleeps with another man who's not her engaged person, right? Yeah, right. This says that he's violated his neighbor's wife. Mm-hmm. Well, we would say well, they weren't. It wasn't. They weren't married. They were just engaged. Engagement right. was legally as binding as marriage. Like, and that's that's mm-hmm. what we were trying to point out earlier, right? Right. And so you've got this <clears throat> law about um, the virgin. And if a man says, "Listen, I went to have sex with her on our wedding night, and I found she wasn't a virgin," now this gets some really uh, into some really gory details, right? Yeah. But we have to talk about <clears throat> it because there was that whole thing about her dad brings forth the evidence. Yeah, of her virginity, yeah. right? So now uh, let's think through, Tyler, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Let, let, let's get into this. Yeah, yeah. Bit. Well, let's start out, out by talking about this a little bit more in depth, too. It was, uh, a man who accuses his new bride of not being a virgin was either right or wrong. There has to be sure. evidence that's provided, right? Yeah. So, Because uh, so you can't just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing. Like, like any... Because the thing is, is any man technically could just like, take, take his wife and, like the night of their wedding yeah. ceremony and, and then, say, uh, say yeah that. and then say say that exactly so like there has to be proof brought to it so um so then what happens is um in order to prove him wrong her dad as we said in the scripture would have to bring the evidence to the elders of the city that she was a virgin now what does that mean right if it was true that she was a virgin the man had to pay a fine to the girl's father because he disgraced her that was like the the punishment but what does that mean right uh, it's like this whole idea, like, like you have to provide evidence as yeah. we were saying to prove one way or the other, what's true. Yeah. And so here, here's how it would work. And it says in there <laughs> that there, that her dad would bring the garment to the yes. elders of the mm-hmm. city. What is this talking about? It's talking about the sheet or the, the, the cloth that they had sex on for the first time. Mm-hmm. And if there was blood on it, from her because yes, she was right. a virgin and the first time that girls have sex, it, it breaks yeah, their yeah, hymen, exactly. right? And then mm-hmm. it bleeds. Um, he <clears throat> would bring that proof. He would bl- bring the bloody sheet and say, look, here's evidence. She was a virgin. He's a liar. Yeah, right. But if the mm-hmm. evidence wasn't there, then the girl played the harlot. And she had slept around and she pretended she was a virgin and the man's accusations were correct. Yeah. Right. And so this is a, this is a bad scenario, right? So Joseph's in this weird place. Fast forward, right? This is the time of Moses. They're still living under the Mosaic law. Joseph is now in this scenario with, with uh, Mary. Yeah. Right? right. To where she's, <clears throat> she's pregnant. What does he do? Yeah. That's it's kind of that's like, a, exactly a, it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Right. So uh, like, if the accusations of the man were correct, the girl was taken out the door of her father's house and she was stoned to death. So it's a very serious accusation. So that's what's going on with, with Joseph, with Mary here. And he's yeah. like, okay, I've really got to like be like, like, I gotta be how, careful. Yeah. How do I go about this? Right. Well, and that's, what's so cool about it because, okay, number one, we can tell he wants to break his engagement with her. He wants to divorce her. Right. Exactly. Because she has been unfaithful to him. 
but he also mm-hmm. cares about her and he doesn't it said he didn't want to disgrace her yeah he yeah. didn't want it to become this public thing he didn't want her to have to be punished and publicly shamed and possibly stoned well, so yeah. I, was, I was reading up on this <clears throat> and it is possible we see in the new testament when the jews tried to stone people mm-hmm. jesus they tried to stone jesus right uh stephen they did stone. Uh, Paul, they attempted to stone and kill, right? So it's not like in first century Judaism, they weren't doing stonings. But Rome was in power, and so the Jews weren't supposed to um, enact capital punishment on people. Right. Which is why when they wanted to kill Jesus, they took it to Pilate. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but you do see sometimes there's just uprisings and they go, we don't care about what Rome yeah, says. Yeah, and then they just do We're going right. to stone people. Exactly. So it's possible she could have been stoned to death and killed for this. <clears throat> um, but, but at the very least, disgraced, shunned. A pariah, yeah, you know, yeah. outcast. This this whole thing, and so Joseph wants to break his engagement with her because she's been unfaithful. But he's a good guy. He's a righteous guy, and he doesn't want to ruin her reputation or possibly risk her being killed. Because it's interesting. Um, if she would have been stoned to death, mm-hmm. Jesus would have also been killed. Yes, that's true. that's fascinating to think so that, about. That's something that had to happen. I mean, is that they, she had to get through this? Okay, because, yeah, yeah. So Joseph is in a really right. rough spot, and I don't think he believes at this point in the story. I don't think he believes Jesus is the Messiah, and Mary's still a virgin. He's, oh, of course, yeah. He's wanting to divorce her because he thinks she has cheated on him. Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, let's look at the rest of the story. All right, yeah. Let's so get what into happens? that. Let's look at that. So I'm going to read Matthew. Uh, continue on Matthew chapter one. Read 20 through 25. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Now, all that this took place to fulfill what ha- was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Mm. Okay. So that's, that's really fascinating, right? Like that's what happened. And we know, know the story, but, um, an angel came to Joseph to explain to him what happened and instructed him to marry her, right. To marry Mary and name the child Jesus. And so uh, Joseph obeys. And what's fascinating about this too, we were talking about this uh, before the podcast too. Uh, it's also really important that Joseph did not um, sleep with his wife mm-hmm. until uh, with Mary until after the baby was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a virgin until after Jesus was born. Exactly, and Joseph obeyed that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's the fascinating part about that is you have to think like, of course, that had to happen. Otherwise, there could have been assumptions from others thinking, "Hey, maybe this isn't a virgin birth." Right? Sure, exactly. So, yep. And Joseph listens. And so this exactly. is what I think it's fascinating that. 
he's upset and disturbed to the point of, I'm just going to break it off with this girl and divorce her. Right, yeah. But I don't want her to get in trouble and shamed. And then the angel comes and says, hey, listen, she's telling you the truth. That's which would have been a crazy yeah. story. Like, that would have been a crazy story. I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> like, that's not how people get pregnant. Oh, of course. That the Holy yeah. Spirit comes upon you. The angel validates it for him, right? Now, this is what blows my mind about this whole thing, is that that Old Testament law about the virgin not being a virgin on her wedding night or that kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? In order for the woman to be vindicated that she was telling the truth, to, to be justified to her culture and her community that she was a virgin and she wasn't a harlot, right? Right. What was the thing that had to happen? Her dad was supposed to bring forth evidence of her virginity. Right, yeah. This is exactly what we see happen in the story of Joseph, Joseph is thinking she is no longer a virgin and she's a liar. And what happens? God sends an angel to verify, no, she's telling the truth. Yeah. Mary's yeah. heavenly father mm, comes yeah. to vindicate her virginity, to oh, make sure that her reputation's not ruined, to make sure that she's not defamed, to make sure that she's not harmed because mm. Joseph breaks things off with her. Her dad comes to the rescue, which is exactly what Deuteronomy 22 said was supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. But I think it is just <laughs> fascinating. And so Joseph obeys in a tough situation, but he's got God's word on it. He obeys and he goes through with marrying her. He keeps her a virgin until after Jesus is born. And now because he did that, you have Jesus' legal lineage is mm. from David. He comes from legally the Davidic line, not just physically through Mary's lineage through the Davidic line. And if you look at the two genealogies, they're a little bit different at a certain yeah, point because yeah. Joseph and Mary weren't obviously brothers and sisters, right? Of course. They're both right. related to David going way back, but he needed the legal and the physical. And he gets yeah. that because Joseph was willing to obey what God told him. Yeah. And that's just so fascinating. He just really stuck with what God told him to do. Mm-hmm. He was faithful all the way through and he didn't, he, he didn't buy into uh, cultural pressure. Cause you got to also yeah. think like another, another aspect of this is that after this happened and he made the decision, okay, I'm going to keep her as my wife. Mm-hmm. He had to battle family friends, uh, peers, yep. or like, uh, or even like, like people, uh, authority figures yeah. uh, of the law. And he had to talk to them and say, look, like, no, she, she con- was conceived as a virgin. Like she, yeah. d- we have not slept together. She, she's still a virgin. And like to convince people, <laughs> yeah, that, nobody's believing that. No, they're either going to think, Hey, okay, this guy's crazy or like this didn't happen. And they've just been, they've been sleeping together already and they're just covering it up mm-hmm. or she cheated on him and he's still covering it up. Yeah. Either way, Joseph doesn't look like a righteous guy. No, so but he, he does was. exactly. But he so was. He doesn't look like a righteous man, and Mary looks like just uh, same thing. She doesn't look righteous either. Neither no. of them look righteous in this scenario, and they probably got a lot of like wide-eyed looks around town. They and did. Stuff. Well, of course yeah. they did. Because first of all, they're from Nazareth, which is a nowhere uh-huh. town. I was actually reading, you know, earlier when we read in Ma- in Luke where he right. says, you know, there was a virgin <laughs> and she was of the region of Galilee from the town of Nazareth. Uh, most commentators believe he adds all that detail because he's writing to more of a Gentile audience, mm. and nobody would know where Nazareth was because it was such a small place. Oh, and I, okay. you're not yeah. from a small town. I'm from a small town. <laughs> yeah, right? that's true. I'm from a small town of right. 3,000 people. And dude, rumors run rampant 
oh, in I'm small sure. towns, yeah. right? And everybody knows what's going on with everybody. And Nazareth was an extremely small little community. Sure. And so what was happening to Mary, everyone knows about it. So yeah, the gossip that they would have endured, um, the, the shame that they would have had thrown on them, uh, uh, unjustified, right? Oh, yeah. It wasn't real, right. but they would have had that thrown on them. And then you think about even like... Uh, when Jesus is born, where do they go? They leave Nazareth to go to where? Yeah, they Bethlehem. Go, Bethlehem, right? yeah. And that's a small town where where Joseph's yes. family all is. Like again, like it's it's not very, a great scenario yeah, for them, yeah. right? And then you think about. I mean, I just think Joseph was really a, a cool guy because well, he just sure. believes the word of the angel. He trusts what God says, no matter how it makes him look, no matter how it tarnishes his reputation. Then he goes to Bethlehem, right? There's no mm-hmm. place for them to stay. And then, uh, you remember they try to kill Jesus. So they flee to Egypt mm, for yeah, a few years. That's right. I mean, it's just fascinating all that this guy went through for not his kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's a really cool picture of a guy who was faithful to the Lord through hard times in order to accomplish what God had, had brought forth yeah, and through he was, Mary. He was very obedient to like with mm-hmm. all this, which and if he would have been, Jesus would have been killed through the stoning of Mary yeah. or by Herod in Bethlehem yeah, if they didn't yeah. flee and get out of there, right? Because I'm pretty sure the angel came to Joseph to tell him to leave mm-hmm. and go to Egypt. Well, in it's the because of the night, it's because right? they're they're like they're together by that point, yeah. And it, he is the one who's supposed to make that decision as yep. the leader of their family, and so that's just fantastic. Like he's obedient all the way up to this point, and like all the way through this process, which it, I could see having a hard time being in that cultural scenario, mm-hmm. n- struggling with this. So yeah, it wouldn't be ideal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, but, but regardless, this is something that I think we can apply to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how does this apply to us? Maybe though, is what we should be asking. The question is, is will you be obedient to God in today's cultural scenario, even when your culture does not understand what you're doing, if mm. it's something that is honoring to him, right? Yeah. How do you stay with that, right? Mm. Like, like what is like, like uh, the modern day version of what Joseph went through, like, yeah. <laughs> like some scenario. Well, I mean, and, and again, we might not have an angel coming to well, us right, in a dream, yeah. <laughs> but we do have God's word written we for absolutely us. absolutely do. And mm-hmm. man, people look at you sideways when you think that homosexuality is a sin. Yes. Or that the transgender movement isn't good for people and it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Or that uh, sleeping around before you're married is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Our culture thinks that we're crazy for believing these types of things. Our culture thinks we're crazy for believing that we're the only ones right. Yeah. Right. This idea that everybody's right and everybody has some of the truth. And we're sitting over here going, no, actually, Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Mm -hmm. And so are we willing to be like Joseph, right? To trust God's word, even when our culture does not understand what we're doing. And maybe even when our culture is hostile to what we're doing. Who are we going to trust? Are we going to serve God or are we going to serve man? And I want to be more like Joseph, to serve God in such a way. And it's kind of interesting. We didn't read every passage about him, but we read the majority of them. We did, yeah. It's all about the birth narratives. They go to Bethlehem. They flee to Egypt. And then there's that one passage about when Jesus is 12 and they go up to the temple and then they lose him. Right. That's all yeah. we know about Joseph. That's it. And it just mentioned later, like that he he died. At some I don't point, think it yeah. even mentions it in scripture. We assume well, not, he yeah, died. Yeah, we assume you're right. We assume right. he dies. Yeah. So the last time he's mentioned is when Jesus goes up to the temple at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we 
have a small sample size of scripture about this guy, but what we know of him is that he trusted God's word yeah. in spite of very hostile, difficult circumstances from his culture. Mm-hmm. And I think we can glean a lot from that. I think we can glean a lot oh, from sure. that as Christ's followers. And so I think that that's what was something we should be thinking of as we're contemplating Jesus' birth, right? As mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate the, the birth of the Savior of the world in two days, remembering yes. the people uh, and the situations surrounding his first coming as we point people towards his second coming. Yeah, exactly. That's something that we have got to be about. And so I hope that this uh, episode has yeah. been encouraging and, you, and you've liked uh, hearing a little bit about Joseph and that Old Testament law and all that was going on culturally. When I was when I was thinking through this, uh, it, it brought me back to our context series, right? Yeah. Where we're talking about how you mm-hmm. got to look at the historical context. You got to understand what culturally is going on. We got to understand we the doing Old here. Testament. Right. Yeah, to understand the new. <laughs> and so we hope it encourages you to go back and read Old Testament law so that you yeah, can understand right. what in the world yeah. is going on in it the helps New out Testament. if you have like a uh, cross-reference Bible for that it but really yeah, does absolutely. yeah it is so helpful to do and to check out to <laughs> see kind of in 3D what's going on because we yeah, can understand exactly. we can understand some of Joseph's hesitation but man all that stuff about stoning and her dad bringing evidence you're not going to just yeah. get that from our culture you're you got to go back and see what was happening in the Old Testament in order to understand that yeah it's really fascinating it really is yep mm-hmm. well hey guys Merry Christmas from me Merry uh, can I say Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We hope you guys have an awesome time celebrating Mm -hmm. Jesus' birth and remembering the the rescue mission that he came on in order to redeem us from sin and, and Satan and death, and that we have victory because God was willing to send his son into this mess in order to fix it and redeem us. So have a great day celebrating, and we will be back next week for our Mm -hmm. last Christ Culture and Coffee episode. So you won't want to miss it. Make sure you're back with us next week. We'll see you guys then. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our Stoneware, Christ Culture, and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee.